I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind, made possible in part by Marie Sharp's Hot Sauce, hand-harvested, sustainably farmed, whole fruit and vegetables, certified, pesticide-free, and used within hours of picking, and by listeners like you. You can support our series on Patreon at patreon.com slash theopenmind. I'm delighted to welcome to our broadcast today, Kamaya Mandela Marshall. He was the senior advisor to President Biden's presidential inaugural committee, the 59th committee, and formerly director of strategic communications for Biden for president. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kamaya. What do you think is your most profound recollection of running strategic comms for President Biden and Vice President Harris over the course of the last two years? I would say one, being very quick on my feet. Uh, One, two, uh, adjusting to the moments we were in as a country. Um, At that time, uh, Donald Trump was in office uh, with a lot of different things happening, um, especially when it deals with race um, and the pandemic that we're in that uh, that President Biden is now uh, working us out of. And so um, it was a very tricky time, a time that you had to be very sharp, uh, a time that you had to be very um, in tune with uh, the country's emotions and the, the reckonings that were happening. And so once you put all that into a big old pot of gumbo, uh, it's a lot. Um, and luckily, it was some amazing folks on the campaign that um, also contributed to all of the success um, that we that we did to get where we are now. And that is to, like I tell folks, my main job was to make sure that um, when I signed on to that campaign is to make sure that he became president of the United States. I did my job. And so uh, that's where we are now. And so... Um, but the biggest thing I think for me that uh, sits heavily on me, especially as we just got finished seeing, you know, a trial in the verdict yesterday, um, the racial reckonings and just being in tune to the country and our feelings and our emotions and how how we react, but also have policy in place to change a lot of those things that are happening. And that's where we are now. You were involved in President Obama's campaign as well as President Biden's campaign. On the issue of progressive change, do you think that there has been a transformation from the meaning of yes, we can in 2008 to the meaning of yes, we can or yes, we must in 2021? So one that was a different movement. And for on President Obama's campaign, I was very junior, very young, but also I feel like that role is just as important. Uh, I was a field organizer. And so I literally was on the doors talking to people. I felt like I was already a spokesperson because I was talking to everybody and I was in Nevada. Um, but comparing the two, uh, it was different movements, different times, different messaging. Um, a lot of excitement with President Obama. You know, he was a black man running for president. It was it was it was different. Uh the energy level was completely different. Versus uh with uh President Biden, folks wanted some experience. We had someone in the White House that was um not experienced and we saw a lot of different things happening, very centric things happening, crazy things happening, 
uh, what we did not want to see out of our leader. Um, so it was different times. And, and again, uh, President Biden's campaign, in all fairness, was probably a little bit more difficult uh, because, again, we're running a campaign in, in the middle of a global pandemic. No one planned for that. I know I didn't imagine um, being in a campaign during a pandemic and uh, less travel, less, you know, focused me messaging, um, it becoming totally virtual uh, for quite some time. And so when you look at the messaging to yes, we can, yes, we can, yes, we did. Now it's about we're really digging deeper into the policies into who these leaders are um, in the Biden administration. Hence, you see the diversity in his cabinet picks um, and the folks who are leading these different agencies. Um, as uh, one of my favorite stands, uh, you know, people say, pray for change. No, it's time for policy change. And that's the difference you're gonna see. Um, President Obama made a lot of great uh, change um, in his administration and I was honored to work in his administration. I think you'll see more of that um, in President Biden's administration, honestly, because we don't have a choice. That's where we are as a country and people, they're fighting for that change. It's a complete different movement um, where we are now, especially when it comes to race um, and racial equity, et cetera. When you think of tangible steps that this country can take to make more equitable the system of, of criminal justice, in the aftermath of this jury's verdict, which was unanimous in under 24 hours. Um, does that, is that to you a mark of progress? And how do you take all of the grassroots energy that you galvanized during the campaign and apply it to make sure that what appears to be a new consciousness in America is activated? Yeah, you know, conscious. Keyword: the, the new conscience of America. I wouldn't say it's new, but definitely more awakening, more in your face. Um, one with the trial um, from the verdict. Uh, that is something that particularly Black people have been uh, waiting for. And honestly, I wouldn't call it just justice. And you're hearing this a lot from a lot of different folks, but it, and it's true though. It's very, very true. Accountability. Um, and I think in this moment, it's where you have to hone in and really uh, dig deep. Really dig deep. Just don't talk on the issue, don't say soothing words, but dig deep um, when it comes to that racial equity piece, uh, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to criminal justice, um, when it comes to police reform, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Uh, this is something that, you know, thanks to social media, uh, these things have been happening. It's just more in our face, and we see it now. This is not anything new. Um, I think uh, us seeing what happened, um, again, shows accountability. And I think that's just the first step. Now, how do we move forward as being effective and efficient with our, with our messaging and with our changes in policy? And number one, holding the administration accountable, holding the leaders accountable for the change. People speaking up and speaking out. Uh, that's the biggest thing that, um, that can be done on both sides. Um, how do we move forward in this moment? Let me tell you, the, the power of the people, the power in numbers, people speaking up, it moves a lot of needles. Silence 
is great to a degree, but in times like this, silence is not helpful. Um, strategy, policy change, um, effective strategy and effective policy change is what we need right now. Um, and people are going to speak their voices uh, during the uprisings. I've, I've, I've been a part of multiple uprisings, particularly when I worked for Congressman Elijah Cummins in Baltimore, which is one of the places I'm from, I'm doing the Freddie Gray trials. This is, again, this is not anything new. We've been here before, uh, last year in 2020. It's kind of a repeat. Um, maybe, who knows what this summer will lead to if we'll be more uprising. Um, you know, literally hours after that trial, a 15, 15 year old uh, young lady was murdered. And so again, I think this movement will be I don't want I don't wish it to be perennial. I wish it will have a, a stop to this. Uh, people want peace, people want justice, but we're just saying accountability for the first time for finally, you know, seeing something done correctly. Finally. Uh, and so how do we capitalize on this moment? It's by amplifying what's happening and what's the next step and continuing to be accountable, uh, show accountability um, in our justice system. Uh, so one, they can get some trust there. A lot of people don't trust it, particularly people of color, uh, they don't trust it. And so I think what, what goes on is one, watching what comes from our leadership, watching what happens in Congress, watching what happens in our local elected officials and our local leaders, they matter just as much um, from your mayor to your state senators, to your state reps, uh, to folks on the education board, um, the folks in the counties, it's just as important and holding everybody accountable. It's really important. How do you differentiate, Kamayu, between justice and accountability? Yeah, I think justice is going to be something that takes time. Uh, it's, it's going to be a part of the healing process. Uh, it's so many, that was one person. Now it needs to happen to a lot of others. And a lot of others have not been held accountable for their actions. And so when it gets to that justice piece, you know, one, it shouldn't take the life of someone um, for us to, for someone to be held accountable. Uh, I think I don't have the perfect answer to answer the justice piece because right now there is no, I think as for me, I'm more relieved more than anything uh, than excited or happy. Yes, I bask in the moment, uh, but also at the same time, uh, it was more a relief of just knowing they got it right. They did the right thing this time. But geez, I mean, before I was even on this earth, that's been happening and people have not been held accountable. Here we are in 2021, someone was finally held accountable for their actions. And so it's going to take a long time to get to that. Justice will serve and, you know, it shouldn't take a life to, for justice to be served. Um, but for the accountability piece, I think it's a, a start in the right direction. It needs to be uh, noted in history. Folks need to take notes. It needs to be in all the history books. And we need to really capitalize on doing what's right. It shouldn't be, it, this shouldn't even be a conversation. But when it comes to race and when it comes to policing, there are good police out there, but also there are a lot of bad ones too. Um, but I think yesterday was a great day for the good ones. Um, who mean well for the community, who do well, um, 
but also a reckoning for the ones who show that, hey, you can't keep getting away with this. Um, you know, as, as a black man that lives in America, every day I make it home, any day that any of my friends make it home, any day that my nephews make it home, any day that my father makes it home, I'm excited. I'm, that is happiness. Like you made it home. Uh, but even just, not even just men, but also women. Like I said yesterday, uh, a 15 year old young black girl was killed. And that, let, let me not even get to Breonna Taylor, what's happening in Kentucky. That's the whole thing. So um, it's the accountability piece is a big piece, and that's where we are now. And that's, I think that's the first step for awareness uh, and everyone taking notice of the moment we're in right now. Justice is going to take some time. I don't think that's going to be something that happens overnight. In terms of accelerating the negotiation to manifestly legislate, to law make, um, just in the same way, to his credit, and maybe it's the only credit of his entire administration, uh, Republicans and, and President Trump, namely, delivered criminal justice reform, the first of its kind. It's quite possible that the GOP is obstinate, refuses to go along with any potential victory, especially because they were attempting to co-opt that as a libertarian issue. But if, if you are in the war room, as you were for the last two years, what are you advising the White House uh, or Democrats in Congress to do to, to pass this George Floyd inspired legislation uh, that will ensure um, police conduct is in the service of our communities and that anything that is not in the service of our communities is punished? I think that the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is something that should definitely uh, happen. I think that, you know, we have a president and a vice president that is very savvy when it comes to working uh, government, um, particularly Capitol Hill with the legislators. Um, I think it will be some kind of strategy Right now, it's a, it's very fresh. We're still, we're creeping up on 100 days. Well, President Biden's creeping up on 100 days within his administration. Um, and I think, you know, this is going to be something, want to get bipartisan support like they did um, before. You know, folks keep forgetting that, you know, Republicans were in control at the time, but also Democrats worked with them uh, when it came to a lot of that. I, I particularly remember... Uh, leader, uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, Congressman Cedric Richmond, um, Congresswoman Karen Bass, and so many others, uh, Senator Booker, uh, that worked on, on that with them. Um, and, you know, now that the tables have turned, we wish for them to do the same, uh, to get it done and get it passed. Again, being effective and efficient for the people, not for self-interest, but for the people especially for the masses of people. As far as the strategy or what I would say in a war room or how I would deal with how do we move forward. One, putting the pressure on 
the folks in Congress. It's time. I mean, right now we see what's happening. Yesterday couldn't be, uh, even though it is an example, it shouldn't have been an example, but, <laughs> and it's continuously happening, I think, with the shootings and the killings. Um, the thing is, how are we going to message this? How should we, one, show force? I think we should show force. Um, and that's the biggest thing, show, using your power um, while you have it. Who knows how long this is going to last? I wish, and I think we all want this to continue and to get become even stronger um, when it comes to governing, because that's going to be the difference between uh, Donald Trump and President uh, Joe Biden. Because this has discernible an immediate impact in our communities. We saw on the same day the Floyd verdict was handed down that there was another incident of potentially um, unnecessary, unjustified violence uh, against the black community. Speaking as a black man thinking about the public policy implications of this live ammo, this potential legislation or other legislation, what are the three most important things or one or five that would help the black community right now in terms of protecting them from corrupt cops, in terms of helping grow their economic output and social mobility. What are those most tangible things that you think would make a difference um, in, in, a, in a durable way? Such a, that's a serious question. And I'm going to try to answer it to the best of my ability, even though that is something I would want to sit and marinate on to really give, give more thought to a meaty answer on that. But off the top of my head, uh, I would say one, authentic, real allyship. Um, that's number one. From our elected officials, all the way to organizations. Um, and when I say allyship, that comes with one, working with our law enforcement. Uh, that's number one but also finding a way to have something for the mental state of black people um, in this time, just taking on so much mentally. It's very exhausting, okay? It's very, very exhausting. And I, I don't, and you have to kind of pick up and keep going every day like nothing ever happened, like, and just keep moving. Uh, but mentally, I think it's draining and exhausting on black people and people of color in general. Um, to see these things. Again, people witness a murder from a cell phone on national TV. They can play it back and back and forth again over and over. It's like a movie, but it's real. Uh, so let mental peace is strong. Um, the allyship is strong. More effective policies um, that is really going to affect change, especially when it comes to, again, uh, racial equity within housing, within uh, working, find a way to, you know, work with the credit system. Um, 
And when it comes to the whole the criminal justice piece, again, like banning the chokeholds, no knock warrants, you know, uh, the body cameras, uh, a hold on police accountability in court, which was what we finally saw, um, and true investigations, um, and a way to kind of build trust and, and integrity with um, the elected leaders. I think as we on the more campaign political side of things as we as a person who's worked on host of campaigns worked with some of the best elected officials that are out there um i've been privileged to see real authentic leadership um particularly with my former boss elijah cummins and doing campaign work with uh congressman john lewis just being in their presence and seeing how and also seeing the young rising stars like the uh, Ionic Presley's, like the Lauren Underwoods. Um, people want authentic leadership. They want real representation on issues that really matter to them from the metropolitan cities all the way to the middle of America, um, to the rural. And so a lot of these things and a lot of the things I'm talking about, it, it's there is no perfect answer because there's so many different groups of people um, and their interests and in what they want to see moving forward. Uh, I think what I'm speaking from is just experience um, and what resonates with folks. Um, but now people want to see that authentic leader. Uh, they don't want to see the button-up politician. They want to see someone real that has their, their type of experience and their kind of background and understands who they are as a people, et cetera. Um, so how we move forward with this and what I would like to see as a black man, one, more, account more accountability, um, more leadership that looks like us um, and represents our interests. Um, and, on the in and on the issues that matter most to us. Um, and it's just, I mean, I believe, I see a lot of different people. I see a lot of different races. I see a lot of different beliefs. And when I say I see that, I see those people. And I think their interests, what they want and who they want to represent them matter. And we're seeing that now. We saw it in 2018. And I can say I, I had uh, a great time working the 2018 election cycle at the DCCC, um, taking back the house. That's where we got the house back um, to where we are now. And so with going to 2020 for working for now President Joe Biden and winning that as well. So just, I, I say that, I, I mentioned those wins because it matters as far as what the people want and going where they are in the times we're in. And I think it'll be completely different years moving forward on, on what people want because things are very transitional right now. They won't be the same. There is the symbolism and the substance of racial justice and reform. There is the identity, and then there is something deeper and more sustained. That is the dichotomy when we think of the appointment of a Black woman to the Supreme Court, which President Biden has promised. When we think of the acting fact and historic fact of a Black woman as President of the United States. But we know that one Black Supreme Court 
justice, a black woman Supreme Court justice, and even a black woman as vice president isn't going to change the substantive fact of a tyranny of the minority, a Senate that is held back by the Jim Crow institution of the filibuster, a Supreme Court that is unrepresentative of Black people and unrepresentative of the whole of the country that has opinions that deviate tremendously from the heart of our people. So I just wanted you to riff, if you could, um, and explore this tension between the symbolism and substance, because a Black woman Supreme Court justice, extraordinarily historic, but isn't going to change the fact that it's a 6-3 majority that wants to uphold the new Jim Crow and restrictions on voting rights. One, this is a powerful question. I love this question. Uh, it's something I do talk about amongst my close circles of friends and associates, et cetera. Um, the symbolism, uh, the as or as one of my good friends has been saying quite lately, uh, performative uh, blackness uh, and. One, I'll say this. I think President Biden, and he, he, he made this promise on the campaign trail about a Black woman on the Supreme Court to step in the right direction. It's definitely something needed. Um, and I personally can say that he is truly invested um, in having those changes. Look, his uh, vice president is a Black woman, is a woman, is a woman of color. She checks many boxes. Is an HBCU grad, et cetera. There's so many boxes you can check. He's intentional about those things. However, I think it's a great start, but it's going to take more. Um, but see, that's the thing. People forget uh, President Joe Biden ran because he knew we were in the battle for the soul of this nation. You know, someone has to start it. And I think he is the starter for these things. I don't, and a president can't do but so much. Um, but he is a starter. He is definitely creating lanes and opportunities um, and changing the narrative on how things should be and who should be in these spaces. So you must, I give him credit and I commend him and always will be honored to work with him and for him um, because that's a step in the right direction. Now, outside of him, it's others. As you said, the new Jim Crow, um, we need more people uh, to be represented and not symbolism because right now it is a lot of symbolism. You got to go beyond the appointments and the elected officials, but look, look into those staff. Who's hired on there? Can you tell me how many uh, people of color are there? How many AAPI people are represented? How many Black men, Black women are there? How many LGBTQ plus people are being represented? Um, how many people from rural places are being represented? Um, how many women are there? And when I say women, that's women from all races, just not white women or LGBTQ women, but women from all over. And so I think that's, again, you know, I think we have, the symbolism is definitely a thing right now. Um, however, it's, it's going to take more than that. Because um, now we need real people that really know what they're doing. They're just not there as a face. 
they actually know what they're doing and they're qualified to do the work. Um, so it goes beyond your appointment, your elected officials, but also in your staff um, because they represent the everyday person. Um, and where we are right now, I think people see that. Again, right now, I feel like we are in, and off my years of work in this space, we're in a very transitional period. We're not in a defined moment right now. It's very transitional right now. What we're seeing right now, I mean, that anyone can say that moving forward, but honestly, I truly believe where, where we are right now as a country is not where we'll be in four years, six years, or eight years. This is the transition right now. We are, it's a moving, this is what, what, what I call, this is an open document right now where we are right now. Things are being edited, cleaned up, fixed. Um, it won't be stable. It'll be a lot of movement happening. Right now we're doing, a, it's a lot of cleanup happening. But even in the cleanup, it's still gonna be very transitional. And it's gonna be like there for a few years until um, we get to a real point in change. Change will happen. I think people are adjusting to where we are right now with this new administration. I think they like how things are calmer. They like the news cycles as a person that is not only into strategy um, and policy, but media. This is a, a, a breath of fresh air in the media, you know, for what people are digesting day to day. Um, so it's a, again, this is a very transitional period we're in as a country. And I don't think during transitions, things are not always pretty, maybe calm but not pretty. And so I think that folks, as we're, I can't even say buckle up and go for the ride because people are out here <laughs> and they are, uh, as, as some folks would say, they're functioning in the middle of a global pandemic with the uprising, dealing with race, being straightforward about what's happening right now, addressing it, not being quiet, not on the sidelines. Um, when it comes to racial equity, with the economics of things, knowing they want better. Again, to another point to President Biden and Vice President Harris, building back better. <laughs> We're literally trying to build back better. I think everyone wants better um, than where we are right now. Kamaya Mandela Marshall, thank you for your poignant insight today and for doing the work that you do.